Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Dwight Mowdy, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. The cowboy ethic originator from Indiana, Elkhart, Indiana, sent me an email yesterday and that got him as a volunteer for today's program. Dwight, how have you been? Doing well, doing well, my friend. Other than being stuck at home, not too bad at all. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you complaining about social distancing? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, Trent, when you go into a school in the morning and uh, have about 25 kids come up and give you a, a hug or a handshake, um, it kind of becomes a habit, you know, and so you kind of miss that. So... Your timing on an email yesterday was just yes. very perfect because uh, I was on my way home from South Dakota with a friend of mine. We went to South or Montana, excuse me. We came through South Dakota uh, to attend a funeral. That's all irrelevant, except uh, my buddy Greg was talking to his sister on the phone in a pickup, and apparently other people have newer pickups than me, and you can talk to people while you're driving. Without holding your right. hand, up, you know what I mean. Uh huh. And she is a school teacher in the Lincoln, Nebraska school systems, and she was walking through all of the uncertainty about this year, about graduating seniors, about classes. You sent me that email, and I thought, "Here's a guy that gets into schools. He's he sees how we can teach people online. It'd just be a perfect time to bring Dwight back and talk about." What is going on with this education system, and where do we go forward? How do you see all of this shaking out, Dwight? Well, what I see is um, the first and top thing I see is that the kids are not going to get the same level of education that they would if they were in the classroom because it falls back on the parents to oversee making sure these kids are, are doing the work. and. Mm-hmm. The teachers are working very hard to lay out lessons and instructional. They're doing videos to instruct. But you and I both know you cannot look at a video and ask questions to find out how if you don't understand something. Right. And so uh, it, it's marginal. Uh, we're not slowing the kids down. They're still learning. But let's look at it from the point of view, if you have a senior in high school, they are getting ready to go into college. These last few months could be very critical in getting them ready. So when they do actually get to college next fall, they will be or could be at a a serious disadvantage because they did not get that last piece that they needed. Mm -hmm. And I I would have thought by now a senior, they're kind of on coast mode. But maybe I'm just thinking about how I was as a senior. Well, I I would say that's true to a point. The other part of it is also if you have a a young man or a young lady who's very good in athletics, let's say, in a Mm -hmm. spring-type sport, that season just disappeared. Yep. I I have two of those in my house. So you understand totally it really, I mean, it hurts their chances whether they – you know, the colleges want to admit it or not, if they don't see that person performing now, if they don't see their level of skills now, 
it could hurt them. It could it could cost them a scholarship possibly. Yeah, and then on the other end of that spectrum, you have those seniors in college that their yes. softball career ended, or baseball, whatever right. track, whatever sport they're into now. Yes, but yes. I, I think the the discussion I really wanted to have, Dwight, is that last yes. week, the first week this of this happening, mm-hmm. uh, our our girls, which one is a, a freshman, one's a junior in high school. Okay. And, and I'll include Libby. By, by the way, Libby is 22 years old today. Today's her birthday. Mm-hmm. And Libby is living in Annapolis, Maryland, and she's doing a residency, finalizing her registered dietitian degree. Okay. And and because of, of, of everything happening, obviously, she's not going into clinics. She's not going into places she was working w- with uh, dietetics. And so all of her Iowa State program now is online. And the girls are taking classes online. And I thought, you know what? This is going to put a, a challenge to the public. I'm, I'm going to speak about high school. Yeah, uh, right. To the public high school system because there's a whole bunch of families that are going to learn, hey, we can get all of the education we need online. And in most cases, yeah. be done by 10 o'clock or at least noon. And those kids can right. be off and doing other things. And all of a sudden, just in a week, I don't know if it's because maybe there was too many people realizing that there's another way. But I hear so much turmoil about, hey, this online mm-hmm. school thing, it just isn't going to work. So I just thought that you would be a, a great person who's in the school systems teaching about cowboy ethics. But yet you're not directly involved in that. Uh, this right. is what you get paid for every day. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that I see, honestly, Trent. Mm-hmm. The te- again, there is a whole, how do I want to say, a, a broader picture of the teacher's teaching, quote, quote, right. that is social skills, that is interaction. Um, there are a ton, a ton of parents who they – Walk the kids when the kids are walking out to get on the bus, they're heading out the door to go to work. Uh, I don't, I have kids who do not get that. Have a great day, hope everything goes good, you know, love you, whatever you want to say. But those teachers are filling that void of, I care about you, I want you to be your best, I want you to do things for the right reasons, which I think also plays into the cowboy ethics is that we're always giving that positive optimistic view of of life and if you're doing it online it's very cold it's very calculating it's very limiting on where that lesson can go for example uh, i sent you the one lesson about builder ranch where we're giving the kids i basically tell them you own a ranch Mm -hmm. you have to equip this ranch that's real world but it leads – I had a fifth grader just the other day say to me, Mr. Mowdy, is this something I could do in real life? This, is this going to be something I would need to know? And I go, absolutely. If you wanted to work on a farm or a ranch – and this was an inner-city kid. Right. It, it gives him something different that he would not get if he does this online. I mean, we're, we're sending it out online, which is great, but it's not the same as when you've got a teacher who grew up on a farm or a ranch. Or somebody, or for myself, that, that has a farm and we, we raise animals, and, and I can tell them, 
my experience with those things. It's not the same. You, you lose something by being online. And yet I hear, hear more and more schools, online schools, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for example, I have a friend. Uh, she's been on this program before that they ranch in the everybody thinks they live in the middle of nowhere, but this is truly like Deeth, Nevada. Mm-hmm. It's truly the middle of nowhere. Her uh-huh. and her husband ranch, and she teaches class in Las Vegas every day from her ranch. Sure, and I, and I know there's a speaking in Montana. There's a tremendous ag curriculum that the, mm-hmm. an individual started who's been on this program before that includes kids in ag classes and allows them to join the FFA, and it's all virtual. Right, so, right. So there is an opportunity. I don't think it's all Absolutely. negative. Absolutely. Right, and I, do, and I do, I agree totally that there's a blending. There's, you need both. You need to use the technology. We, we show, we use a lot of videos with incorporating the kids. Okay, you watch this video. Now, we want you to answer some questions, and then we want you to discuss what, what do you sure. see from the character what do you see from you know we use i don't know if you're familiar with our wyoming life uh if, if you've seen that a, a no. young couple up in wyoming no. Um, no well they were they were city kids and and they took over a ranch to help out for uh one winter and 12 years later they're still operating the ranch mm. and he does videos where he basically takes takes you with him when it's two o'clock in the morning checking on calves or whatever it might be and I and I use it a lot because the kids can see it's not easy. What you do every day, Trent, is not easy. Uh, aside from the radio and the, and Ex- the other things. Excuse me, what my wife Kelly does every day. Go ahead, Dwight. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she has a very hard life. Yeah. Hey, let me interrupt you right there because yeah. my clock says we should pick this up I with Kelly's hard life on the other side of the break. Dwight Mounty, Cowboy right. Ethics Educator. Elkhart, Indiana. Welcome back. We'll take a break. More rural route with Dwight right after this. Now let's talk about the certified Piedmontese for just a moment. The opportunity to be a part of a branded beef program, a branded beef program based upon tenderness because you see the Piedmontese cattle possess two copies of the myostatin gene. Research and looking at genomics today tells us that the myostatin gene is responsible for tenderness. That's why we go to the marketplace and we market to the consumer that the Piedmontese beef, certified Piedmontese, is most tender. Details about your involvement in producing tender beef and getting paid for it at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Welcome back to Rural Routes alongside Dwight Mowdy. He's kind of alongside. He's in the States. He's self-distancing in Indiana. <laughs> it's a little harder to, to socially isolate yourself in Indiana, Elkhart, Indiana in particular, than it is in Sherman County, Nebraska, or Alzada, Montana, agree. where I drove through yesterday. I could live in Alzada, Montana. I've, I've told my wife, uh, if you look at the retirement statistics, Wyoming is one of the top three states to retire to for cost of living. And I keep telling her I'm ready to move now. And she keeps saying, only if you take the kids with us. So 
Well, uh, see, you know, I, I'm trying to get you ready for this move, Dwight, because I'm trying to explain to you that you can do all of your cowboy ethics curriculum online, and you know, yes, you can yes. do it from Barbo, Alaska, if you want to. I understand. Well, I, if I was going to move, I'd have to move at least somewhere closer, so that instead of you and I always talking on the phone, that we could get together and, and hang out sometimes. You know, yeah. because that's that's the worst part of it. Um, but we were talking about what it's what I can show the kids mm-hmm. in in agriculture in general. There's nothing easy about it. Being honest, it can be a very it can be a tough long day for for anybody, whether you're farming, ranching, whatever. The kids need to understand that that doesn't mean you don't want to do it. There's a certain reward to beyond money that you get from doing the job you do or your wife does. In all seriousness raising animals or guys around here raising corn and, and beans and and it makes a huge contribution without you guys raising those things we don't eat and that's the thing i stress whether you're vegan or vegetarian i don't care it's grown on a farm somewhere it comes off of a farm or a ranch and without that part of our country or that part of our society you don't eat and these kids are totally unaware of where it comes from. They don't right. understand. You know, you say to them, well, where am I going to go to get milk? Well, <laughs> duh, go to the store. You don't understand that? And, you know, I've even seen people. I had a posting on Facebook where the young lady says, we need to stop supporting these people that kill animals and go to, just go to the store where they grow our meat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, are you serious? <laughs> yes, she was serious. <clears throat> yeah oh yeah that's the sad part about it but you know what we're doing what what we have learned in the last week or so with the e-learning i've been working as you know we've i'm pretty well maxed out i'm still doing 21 classes a week in in elkhart uh we have 30 classes going on over in the greens i've got three school systems waiting to get on board working to find that right person that will run the program but i can't get to all the places so we've been working on making the curriculum building teacher guides making it where a teacher can take this program and run it themselves and give these kids that benefit with and now that we're working on the e-learning we're going to start doing videos this week and i like you were saying with some of your friends we're going to have videos about possibly the principles or the values where we can send that out to anywhere in the country. And that helps the teachers uh, teach cowboy ethics without having to to know it all themselves. Because we've still got a a huge crying need to give these kids what's important in life. They're still not getting it from home or wherever. And that's what we're working on you know, all the time. Well, that that was my thought, actually, when you talked about the uh, lack of affection that a a student Mm -hmm. gets before they leave home. Right. The teachers aren't the problem in this scenario. It's the parents. And if you're a parent, you can't can't be that supportive of your kid in the morning before they go to Mm -hmm. school. You're you're exactly right. They're off on the wrong foot in the learning mentality right away. Well, and... I've got a, a friend who's a state senator here in Indiana, and as you know and you've seen all over the country, education's been a huge topic, 
And I actually arranged for the, my friend, the state center, and another friend who's a, a representative. I made, I set up a meeting with six teachers mm, in a classroom nice. in an inner city school. They never had talked to them before. Right, right. Well, from that, we made, well, they made some changes. They did some good things for the teachers this year through legislating things. The important thing is those, those doors are open now. They're talking to each other, and what they're realizing, the one the senator said to me was, the problem is I can't legislate parental responsibility. And he goes, the teachers are doing everything they can, but, I mean, I've got teachers, Trent, who gave their cell phones to their teachers, not so that, I mean, I'm sorry, to their students, so that they could call and not to ask questions necessarily about the topic, but just to be able to say, I'm having a bad day, I'm having a rough time, um, I, I haven't, my parents don't have any food in the house, and I have parents who, in spite of this, you know, separation, I mean, there's, the teachers are still going out making sure those kids get food. Now, it's not in their contract to help feed these kids. You yeah. know that, and I know that. Yeah. So... Yeah, the teachers are doing so much more, and unfortunately, I have uh, told them this several times, their union does not help them from the standpoint, it doesn't sell the point of what these teachers really are doing. They All the people in the, in the country here is, I want more money. Well, we all want more money, or everybody would like to have more money, but my point is, the teachers are looking for to be able to help these kids more, too. There's there's a lot more to it. So, yeah, are you are seeing up close and personal? I mean, we constantly hear about kids mm-hmm. who the biggest challenge they have in at the time of not being in school is they they may not get a decent meal a day. That school is their right. only exactly. avenue for a exactly decent right. decent meal, which I take issue mm-hmm. with what the school is feeding mm-hmm. them. But if they have nothing at home and they're getting something at school, so yeah. are you seeing that up close and it's personal? Better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I have. I would say, okay. It's been a standard joke of ours with some of us, me, myself, and the teachers. Um, you get the mystery block of something for lunch for those kids. Right. Um, not real sure what it is, but if that's all, if you're not getting another meal, that looks pretty good, you know. And I would say, oh my gosh, it that when those kids come in in the morning, some of these schools are 100% free and reduced breakfast and lunch. So they come in in the morning, they go right to the cafeteria, they get uh, waffles or pancakes. I mean, it's it's like Lego or Ego, excuse me, Ego waffles. Um, it's fruit, uh, maybe a kind of roll, but it, it's healthy. I mean, it's not bad stuff, but it's stuff that they can package easily, of course. But I probably see... I would say 70 or 80% of those kids coming in in the morning are getting those breakfast. Now, the thing that you don't see is sometimes these parents are paying for it, just like they pay for lunch. They put money on the kid's uh, lunch ticket or right. breakfast so they can go get breakfast. But mm-hmm. I, my question is, parents, why are you not getting your kids a breakfast ready? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the excuse? Where It's like sitting down at the dinner table in the evenings. Why are you not spending time with those kids to make sure they're taken care of? The message you're sending is, 
you're you're more of a nuisance. I, I can do this easy, so just just go, just go. And so again, that's where the teachers stand out in the hallway when the kids are coming in, and they ask them how they're doing. And and I go in. I'm in there in the morning too. I go in and I I tutor first thing in the morning. And as I was saying, I get I probably have 25 or 30 kids that every morning they come by and get a hug or a handshake, and I tell them have a great day. They can tell me. I had one little girl come in one time, said her dog died overnight, and she was in tears. And I'm, I'm like, how? Could, she she just wanted a hug and somebody to tell her it's okay. And I and I kind of question, well, what did the parents do? Mm-hmm. You know, where where are they at? And yeah, I guess you're, I, you're teaching cowboy ethics in the school, and it sounds like you should be teaching it at home. <laughs> well, that, that you know, sadly, uh, that that has crossed my mind before because. Yeah. These, these hey, parents. you could do that on t- online too, Dwight. Yes, I could. That is true too. That's true <laughs> All too. right, Dwight Mowdy, my guest, Cowboy Ethics. Just like that, we're already halfway through. We'll take a break. We'll come back with the second half of Roll Route right after this. And so we don't know exactly what's going to take place with uh, spring jackpot season, summer county fairs, even state fairs. We don't know. Honestly, we don't know. I'm still pretty optimistic about it, but. I've been running with Greg Harder this week, executive director of Exarban Stock Show. What we are pretty confident in is by September, everybody's going to want some sort of getting back to normal. That's why we are planning full steam ahead for Exarban Stock Show 2020. And you still have a couple of days. Now, I'm going to stop saying this pretty quick, but you have a couple of days to get your kid enrolled and apply for the Pig Challenge. The kid will be given a pig, take care of the pig, generate a record book, all the of the basic fundamentals about raising a Berkshire Barrow, and then come back and compete at Exarban Stock Show 2020, the last week of September. Go to the website, exarbanstockshow.com. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Lewis alongside Dwight Mowdy, the cowboy ethics educator from Elkhart, Indiana. I mentioned earlier, Dwight, that I went through, I went to Montana this week and twice drove through Belfouche. It's impossible for me to go through Belfouche without making sure the girls remember their favorite movie as a kid and John Wayne, Mr. Anderson, leading a group of cowboys. How old were they in that movie? Uh, The oldest was 15 and the youngest was... If he was 10, he was, if you recall, I don't know if uh-huh. you do, the youngest one, John Wayne draws the line and says they have to be this tall. Right, right. And I always emphasize with the kids when I, I actually show them the movie, parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. I show them how the boy set the chalkboard down so he would make it. And I had a little boy, it's funny, I had a little boy in one class go, well, he's too small, he can't do the job. So then I skip over to where they're roping and some of them are falling down and everything, right. and how he gets that one calf and pulls it over on himself, and John Wayne says, you'll do. <laughs> and I said, how easy would it have been for that young man to go, I ain't doing that. Yeah. And the kids all go, I don't know that I could do it. I said, but if you don't know, if you don't make the effort, if you don't go in there with the mind, I'm going to do it. And so I show several parts of that movie, the cattle drive, the crazy Alice riding the Bronx, the the different parts of it to show those kids that 
that's what it was like. They were, you know, a, as I was saying, a fifth grader is 10 years old. And those kids would be going for a thousand miles in three months or three and a half months right. or whatever. They would be gone a long way from home at their age at what these, at what my students are. And it just, it overwhelms them the kind of responsibility that those kids were taking on. And I explained to them that they may not have to take that kind of responsibility on the total, but they have younger brothers and sisters or maybe mom and dad are not home. They do have to take some measure of responsibility. That's part of what we do in the cowboy world. And that's what we do. You're reminding me of two things. I'm wondering if you show the clip of Mr. Anderson in the schoolhouse saying, I have nothing to say to young ladies. <laughs> yeah, I actually do. I actually do. I show that. And the girls are all like, well, I, I don't think that's right. <laughs> of course they do. And then the other thing is that it, it, while we're talking about a made-by-Hollywood yes. movie, yes. it, it, it is reality that six million head of longhorns were drove north, driven north yes. on the what we call the Chisholm Trail. And the average right. age of those vaqueros was about sixteen right. years old. Yeah, they were not. They were not old by any stretch. Yeah, and today and, we have uh, government intrusions, really mm-hmm. telling us that we can't even hire a kid if it's not eighteen. Want to lock right. us up as criminals? And the uh, whole rebirth of our nation post Civil War was driven right. by a bunch of teenagers. And that's what I show them. And it's interesting because, you know, the scene where um, Slim falls into the river. Right. And, and, and he has to be, Cimarron has to rescue him. And the kids, the first thing after they watch that, the first thing they would say to me is, um, Mr. Mowdy, that's what you told us. You told us that the river crossings were the most dangerous. Mm-hmm. I said between stampedes and river crossings, that was the most dangerous time for those young guys. Right. Well, why was it so bad? Well, because they lived in dry land. They didn't get a chance to learn how to swim. And I said, so think about this from a courage standpoint. You're going to take those cows and ride into that river knowing you don't know how to swim, but you have to job to do to get those cows across. How much courage would that take? And it's pretty interesting to see those kids think about that and go, well, I don't know if I could do that. And I said, I'd like to believe, knowing you kids the way I do, you could do that if you need to. There's always going to be challenges in your life where you're going to need to reach down inside and find that courage, find that grit. But it's there. You guys just have to reach down and find it. And nobody tells them that anymore, Trent. Nobody tells these kids that they're tougher than what they think. Everybody, so much of our society is you're a victim or you can't do it or somebody else has to do it for you. So that's why I guess I think cowboy ethics is so important is that we're teaching these kids it's inside of you already. You just have to pull it out. And, and I would think another learning opportunity in crossing that river was mm-hmm. as long as everything goes fine, crossing mm-hmm. a river is, is okay. It's yeah. when the cattle panic or the remuda of horses that crosses the river with yeah. you or something go or there's a group of water moccasins or whatever the case may be yeah. that you stumble yeah. upon. It's when you have a challenge to the okay and how you respond mm-hmm. on whether you survive or not. Well, and it's interesting you say that because last <clears throat> week ago Monday, uh, we still had class, and I went in and talked to, oh, at least 
40 or 50% of my classes I could get to, just even if it was to stop in. And what I told him was, I'll see you guys whenever. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, I'm going to send things out. But what I want you guys to think about is this. This is just a challenge. This is an unforeseen challenge that we did not expect. We all can take care of that. You guys have been working. Some of them I've been working with for three years. And I said to him, I know you guys are tough enough to handle this. And it's going to be upon you because your parents can't make you do this. I'm going to, I'm counting on you guys to do what we've learned in cowboy ethics and get the job done. And, you know, that's a message that I was trying, I've been sending them off with. And I've even, um, some of the teachers have put me on their access. It's a portal that they can send lessons out. And I sent messages to the kids saying, I know you're still doing what we learned in cowboy ethics. Do what needs to be done. And we can keep those principles in front of those kids through this time. And, and like you said, this is just another challenge that we have to step up and take care of. Yeah, that's all COVID-19 is, that we're crossing a river and it didn't go normal. The bridge is out. That's how right. are we going to get? And the, the fear that so many people have, I, I just... I can't relate to that. I can't either. And that's that I actually posted um, about how I thought we were overreacting as far as the mm-hmm. fear. Now, obviously, yeah. it's serious, but but if uh, you let yourself be go ahead. Well, viruses are serious, but yeah, virus absolutely. is a part of life. And, and you figure yes. out how to deal with it. You don't just go into panic and pandemonium. And and I got the one guy kind of responded to me and it was kind of. Like, you don't understand, and I'm going, I totally understand, but I refuse. I, I'm 66 years old, so yeah, I'm close to that thing where, okay, I could sit in the corner of the room and go, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Or mm-hmm. I can say, I'm going to take care of myself, I'm going to do the right things you know that we need to do, right. and I'm going to live my life. And and that's that's the choice we have to make, and that's that's what I've been sending out to the kids, and I've been supporting the teachers, and my neighbors, any, I have some older friends who were, were cowering in a corner. I'm like, guys, if you're doing the right things, there's no reason to be this afraid. You got to have courage. You got to stand up and say, I'm going to do the right things for the right reason. And, and we, this, this, the media's panic that they had the first couple weeks did nobody any good. It, it was, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I, I have a one reporter that I have his email on that and it's, and it's, and I can text him. And I said, dude, you need to change the way you're reporting. You guys are building this into, oh, my God, nobody's going to survive. And I said, that's not the case at all. But I digress. Sorry. Do you know anybody personally that has contracted the virus? Uh, my son-in-law works in Elkhart General, and he was exposed. Um, they had a, a patient come in who did have it. Luckily, he had on the, the the protective gear. Right. Um. So, but he had to monitor his temperature for a few days, and um, they've been watching how he's progressing, and and so far it's been fine. It's you know he's forty two years old, so it's not like he's in the real high risk. Right. But you know, other than that, um, I know there's some people around that have had it, but I don't know anybody that actually has had it personally. You know. I don't either. I'm continuing my uh, ridiculous statement by saying that uh, farmers and ranchers who deal with animals, and particularly animal manure, mm-hmm. have a natural right. level of immunity that I'm not going to say there won't be any get it. it it's right. uh, it's not going to. They may get it and not even know it. 
Well, and that's what I I told somebody the other day. One of the city folks asked me about you know being on the farm and that, and I said, I pretty much what you said. Uh, we're exposed to so many things. If right. you look, there's a veterinary vaccine for. Um, uh, I've been using it yeah, twenty corona, years in my, yeah. in my cabin. Yeah, and I'm like, it may not be exactly the same one, but I guarantee you, there is some some kind of a, uh, immunity. Some it's not going to hit us the way it would hit other people and she was like well i don't understand i said you know (laughs) if you get manure on your hands you you might wipe it off but you're probably not gonna it's still gonna get on your ham sandwich (laughs) yeah (laughs) 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 but you know it just it's you 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 have to be logical you have to be you got to think these things through and and unfortunately you know I don't know. I guess I think the president's done a pretty good job of trying to say we have to do things for the right reasons. And, and you know, that's I guess that's my main thing is we got to do the smart things. So, I continue I to hear, sorry. and the first one who said this was my own governor in a uh, last week, I, he joined me on a broadcast. And he uh-huh. said... Uh, Trent, just remind people we need to use common sense. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Governor, most people have lost the tool of common sense in the toolbox. They don't know how to do that anymore. And I heard another I governor this week say, we just need common sense. It's like, I agree 100%, but we don't even know how to recognize it. It's such a fuzzy stranger. Well, you know, I threw out to some people the other day, you know, every generation has some kind of a challenge. Um, you know, and I, and I told him, I said, if you look at this, it's sort of like we had the roaring twenties and you had this horrendous depression for 10 years. And out of that depression came the quote greatest generation. Right. And then we went through and in the fifties you had the Korean war and you had some kind of challenge in a, in a, in a, a military sense, so to speak. Those of us that are a little older had Vietnam, which was, a, a very divisive type period in our life. And, you know, it, it was very challenging. And so you had to build up some form of, of common sense and character and strength and strength of will. But this generation that's in this 20 something, the forties really haven't had much. It's been too easy. They too were, long. Yeah. And so now they've got to learn how to deal with a tough situation. I got There'll a tough situation, to- Dwight Mowdy. Roll route, one segment left after this. Cowboy ethics. The All-American Beef Battalion continue to say thank you to the troops. Beef, it is the celebratory food with the most n- nutrient-dense profile of any food on the planet. Three ounces of beef gives you more of what you need than anything else. That's not why we do it. We do it because people just love it. Want to be a part of saying thank you with something they love? Steaksfortroops.com. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Luce alongside Dwight Mowdy, Elkhart, Indiana. In case you don't know, that's just right up there in the northern tier of Indiana. They make a trailer or two there, a camper, I think. <laughs> yeah, a couple of them. There's more manufacturing in Elkhart. I would think on a per capita basis, Elkhart, Indiana has a higher level of manufacturing than any other per capita city or town in the nation. Absolutely. We're number one in the country. We we build more, and and it's RVs or trailers, um, utility trailers, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's number one in the country. 
Uh, what's interesting is that Elkhart County in Indiana is the second largest agricultural county also. So we have a real, a real diverse uh, economic picture here. And uh, it can usually uh, we don't see the problems. Every once in a while, the RV industry will crash. But the governor and anybody else you talk to will tell you that the agriculture is what pulls us through as a state as well as a county. Yeah. That, uh, you know, it's it's huge. And the one commissioner just said the other day, posted, we have 60,000 people a day coming in from other counties to work in Elkhart County. Now, that's great for the economy. That's terrible when you have a virus that can be spread amongst people. So you that that creates a, a, a rather tough situation. That's why a lot of the factories are closing down because you got guys that are working side by side. They're going as hard as they can go. They're sweating. They're coughing. So, you know, you have to shut those down right. to stop moving things around. But it, it is – you're exactly right. It is huge, huge, huge manufacturing. So, Dwight, I'm thinking that uh, yeah. w- with our current situation – Mm-hmm. It's time to get really, really loud, and I know you've been loud. I'm not accusing you of being uh, complacent in any way, shape, or form <laughs> about cowboy ethics beyond educating our kids because cowboy ethics is kind of we've already talked about it, but putting it in mm-hmm. a bigger picture, it's about finding a way to dig down into your resolve and getting through mm-hmm. what the challenges that are presented to you. And if we would all just get back to the basics of cowboy ethics – We'll get through this a lot quicker. I agree. Well, and it's interesting you say that. I um, We have a mutual acquaintance who's working uh, in Indianapolis who's working on pulling together some kind of an adult seminar-type venue that he wants Cowboy Ethics to be part of that would go to all kinds of adults. And, you know, part of the problem is when you're when I'm running so many, I leave the house at seven in the morning. I get back three thirty, four o'clock, and then I have to prep for the next day. Sometimes getting videos out there and getting things going it is difficult. It's difficult to get it done. But I agree with you a hundred percent. My wife and I were just talking about where I need to do like you're doing. I need to get out and start posting all the time and sending these adult messages of that we need to, to exactly what you're saying. We need to be able to reach down inside. You got to find that grit. You got to find that courage. You got to realize that if you're an, a parent, what that child sees is going to teach them more than what we teach them in school with how they see you dealing with issues, how they see you dealing with other people. Those are the ways that we show people we show kids, excuse me, how we're supposed to do things. And a lot of it is a Western slash cowboy lifestyle, looking out for each other, helping people get through things. Don't wait to be asked, be standing up saying, what can I do to help? And when the teachers, when we started this uh, how about learning, our word is our bond. Oh, yeah, buddy. That's a big one. I can't. It's funny because I had a gentleman uh, that I was talking to and it was at the start of this and we got done talking and I, I had made a commitment to him and he started to stick his hand out. Right. And I went ahead and I said, I'm going to shake your hand. 
because you know what? I can sanitize afterwards, but I want you to know I mean what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he goes, you know, he said, I'm impressed that you wouldn't be afraid to do that. I go, I can sanitize. I, but I said, I can't replace that. Shaking your hand means I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. And I think that's, you know, you're exactly right. We have to get these people back. If I say I'm going to do something, I darn well better do it or die trying. And I, that's what I teach these kids all the time. That the, that out west, if you're going to, if you say you're going to do it, you better do it. And, and that's what we got to get back to. You're absolutely right. It, it just, I need to stop making excuses myself and get out there and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, you do, Dwight. Stop making excuses. Get out there. Uh, here's just a little antidote on the day that, that yeah. you and I are talking right now. People are listening on the radio right now. In 2020, I have some relationship with probably 100 radio stations in 21 states. Okay. Would, would you believe I do not have one signed document with one single station? That's amazing. I and do it's not. Good. I, I've That's never great. had signed affidavits. I never have a contract. If I'm not producing something that's of value to you, right. and and your listener, we don't. You don't need mm-hmm. me. Get rid of it. Get it mm-hmm. going. What what does a, a signed piece of paper mean? We had a contract. You're going to do that. I mean, yeah, it's I just, agree. Just a mo that I've always had forever. Yep, I agree with you. And that's and see and that's. In the, in the six years that we've been building this program, when I tell a teacher I'm going to be there, short of physically not able to when I've had some of the health issues, uh, even at that, as soon as I could get back in that classroom, whether it was wheelchair or whatever, I was back. And, they, and I, was, I have had many times where teachers and administrators have gone, you're crazy. And I'm going, no, I made a commitment. I'm honoring what I said I was going to do. These kids or these teachers are counting on me to be here. And so I'm going to be here. If, if it's humanly possible, I'm going to be here. And I think that's where we all need to feel that same way. So I guess the best way to do it is, is we, you and I need to, we've talked about it before. We need to start doing it once a month. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah, except you're always in some school educating kids. It wasn't until God brought a little slowdown effect. He put a, a uh, road, he put a speed bump in our life. Now everybody's stopping and saying, "Hey, what have I been missing by hearing? Uh, you know, just driving past the yeah. noise." I'll make you a deal. Um, All right. I have. I will find. I think I know a time. I was just looking at this the other day, on Fridays, mm-hmm. where. Where if, I think it would work out, we could get together to do. I think on your time frame, I think we mm-hmm. could make it work. Okay. So I, when you're ready, or if you ever All want, right. if you want to, we will uh, we'll make it happen every month, and we'll so, talk to the adults. This will be adults. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Uh, so Dwight. Yep. Yes. I mean, cowboy ethics are cowboy ethics, but as you go through challenges in life. Each one of them kind right. of surfaces as the one that is kind of the prevailing ethic of the day. You know what I mean? I'm not minimizing yes. any of them, but it's just no, the I ebb and, What's the one right now that you think that just top of mind for everybody should be? The thing that, without even a moment's hesitation, is number one, live each day with courage. 
because what you're talking about there is we're not talking about running into burning buildings or anything, but we're talking about being positive. We're talking about believing the best. And I just told these kids this the other day when we were talking about it. I said, when we're thinking about it, when they get up in the morning and that those guys are on the ranch and they're walking out and they know they've got to do a certain task that it's not going to be fun, it's going to be difficult, maybe it's a blizzard and they got to go check on calves or whatever, do you think that they sit there and go, oh, I'm not going to do this today, it's just too hard? And the kids will go, no, they're going to go do it. I go, there it is. You got to have that positive mindset that I'm going to go out and get this job done. I'm going to believe in myself and my other people around me. And that that's what it's all about. As we, as a nation, if I was talking to every single person, I would tell them, we need to get up in the morning and have that courage to go out and face the day. You need to believe that we're going to make this work. We're going to make things better and nobody's going to stop us from doing it. Yeah. I think that's perfect. It is about living with every day with courage. Yep. I mean, it's just the way it's got to be. You got to believe in everything. It's like my uh, my second favorite. My favorite coffee mug is one that has yes. all three of my girls' uh, right portraits of some type around it. My second uh-huh. favorite is the one with John Wayne on the outside, but on the inside it says being uh, courage is being scared to death and scared to death and silent. Oh, absolutely! I have that. You're going to laugh. I have to send you the picture. One of my teachers for Christmas last year got me a wall decal, and it's about six-inch letters on the top, and it says courage, and then it goes, is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Yeah. And it's 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 right there on the wall. I've got it in pictures. I mean, I, I, that's my uh, my number one thing is that, you know, it's okay. And, I, and that's the thing I tell the kids, too. It's okay to be afraid. But you don't let it master you. You don't let it take over you. You just deal with it and you go on. I said, and I told the one kid, he goes, I'm never afraid. And I said, well, you know, it's been said that the only person that's never afraid is a fool. And and he looked at me, he goes, what? And I said, because fear, it's okay to be afraid. Because it makes you think about what could happen. It makes you be prepared. But you don't let it become the master. You don't let it make you not do something. And he would, and after, and uh, all the kids, it was funny because all the kids afterwards were, were starting to nod with it that, and you know, you can tell when you, you know, better than anybody, Mm -hmm. when you're reaching somebody, they start nodding their head and all these kids were nodding their head that, yeah, it's okay to be afraid, but you just don't let it take over you. And, you know, we all face challenges every day. I, I, not just with this virus now, but as you know, my history, I've had my own, I've had challenges and. It's you just have to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to take on whatever comes my way and I'm going to make it through. Live every day with courage. Dwight Mowdy yep. embodies that as well as anybody I know. Thanks for the email. And uh, you're right. We do need to get together and share some coffee. Okay, buddy. We'll make be, it happen. It's 70 today at my house, so it'd be a good day to get that campfire lit. <laughs> Yes, it would. Actually, it's a good day to get some work done. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. Cowboy ethics as the driver. Dwight Mowdy, the cowboy delivering them. Both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a rural route. 
One more reminder about the Certified Piedmontese opportunity, the opportunity to be a part of a branded beef program. It means you get paid more. Now, there are specific requirements that you must meet, including prove that these cattle are sired by Piedmontese bulls. That is done through a DNA test. It's quite simple. And at the end of the day, you get paid up to $180 per head above the feeder calf price. Full details about getting involved on the web, LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Ask for Marlon Will.